My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. It's a special day in UK Tech Weekly podcast history as we address a sexism row with an actual woman in the room. <laughs> so Miriam Harris of Digital Arts, thank you for joining us. Hello. And David Price of Macworld, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm a man though. So You are a man, so like you I lose points for being a man, talking unfortunately. Them. But it's a bit more complicated than that. We will come back and talk Apple with the man from Macworld. But before that, we're going to talk about another tech giant in Google. Uh, Miriam Harris has been on the case for us. You've probably heard about the um, well, what has turned into a sexism row at Google. Uh, Miriam, what's going on? So basically, probably a lot of you have already heard this week um, that a Google uh, engineer, although he is not anymore, uh, wrote a 3,000-word memo on the biological differences between men and women and why that might lead to why there are less women represented in the tech industry. Um, so it was basically meant to be just shared internally, and he actually wrote it a whole month ago, but it has since been leaked to the press after a lot of people got yeah. quite angry about it. So basically, maybe we can talk quickly about what it actually said. So he, uh, this guy James, basically repeatedly denies um, endorsing using stereotypes, but he does say, um, he talks a lot about this thing called prenatal testosterone, which apparently affects people's personality traits. Okay. And apparently psychologists have said that. Um, so in his memo, he talked about how women have different personalities directed towards feelings and aesthetics rather than ideas, um, high levels of anxiety, not as assertive. So women struggle with salary negotiations, things like... He makes a lot of sweeping statements. He does. generally But he, well, he says them unproven. about the population as a whole, though. Mm-hmm. I think he does specifically say that you can't apply these to individuals and that they only... They, they only will cause a change in representation as a whole, as a percentage. Yeah, you had um, some graphs in there as well to show that. It's very pseudo-scientific, that. isn't it? Yes, exactly. Like, he did have some links to things, but others, he just outright just kind of said them as opinion. Things like <laughs> women on average show higher interest in people and men and things. Citation required. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically what he's saying here is he's an engineer and he's interested in things. 
and women don't pay an interest in him. So that must be what happens. And he has enough free time to write a document like this because it's a long document. Yeah. It seems very considered. And like you say, David, pseudoscientific. Um, so this leaked out, right? And people at the company have taken umbrage with it. Gizmodo published it first, but lots of other places have now taken it upon themselves to distribute it. Um, so we probably should make clear that he's been since fired. Yes. Um, and the Google CEO, Sundar. Pichai said that the memo was harmful and not okay, and he was fired for perpetuating gender stereotypes. Um, but James has actually since responded, and he's done a few interviews online. Um, I just watched one with Bloomberg, and he said that he feels betrayed, and he just wanted to help Google, but was punished and shamed instead. Because um, he, he actually wrote it initially anonymously, didn't he? Yeah. But Because he, he, he was a, he's a he's a conservative man, you know, admittedly left-wing company quite a yeah. liberal company. Um, so there's a quote that I read that he said, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, Google's left bias has created a politically correct monoculture that maintains its hold by shaming dissenters into silence. So what we're yeah. kind of talking about here is um, perhaps against the social norm currently, a right-wing political believer yeah, he actually, is being silenced. He did say in his report um, that Google should stop alienating conservatives. Mm. So I guess he was saying that so himself. It, yeah, on that point, is this uh, a problem um, because somebody who has perhaps grown up with white privilege and has sort of been politically accepted is now working in a place or used to work in a place that doesn't suit his uh, social beliefs and therefore he felt like a minority? Mm. And so being fired, does that just reinforce his argument that, you know, he didn't really have freedom of expression as maybe someone who mm. identifies? Well, he said he's a centrist, but you know, from the ideas in his report. What do you reckon, David? Because so. it's difficult to know whether or not he was writing it from a position of pure frustration. and Because the way he kind of writes it, I'm not saying he was correct, but he was... It, from the way it's presented in such a professional manner, or pseudo-professional, shall we say, um, <laughs> that he was trying to put across a frustrated point, whereas, of course, he's tried to use flowery language. When you break it down, it does kind of say that obviously the, the piece that Gizmodo picked up on was women are basically genetically inferior and therefore uh, maybe not inferior but you know what I mean it's been twisted you have to admit it's been twisted by media yeah to say a certain thing he does also paint men as victims as well and kind of brings that up as if a man complains about gender issues they're labeled as misogynist um and why is this and lots of money has been has been poured into protecting women and things like this so he's also kind of saying um what about <laughs> the men I do sort of think um like you said that them firing him kind of proven his point mm. because but they had to fire him <laughs> because of the what well, because of the publicity yeah yeah you, so this is, is what that we is were... that right that you should fire somebody because they've, yeah. they've got you bad publicity because an anonymous note they wrote and circulated within the company was then leaked by somebody else mm. Mm. and your mm. own company's borders or your own company's culture is such that people think it's right to shame somebody for having mm. quite possibly crackpot political views yes I mean, but they are still opinions <laughs> mm. and, and it's not that like he was saying everybody should be fired he was just saying um maybe the reason that there's only five percent women in software engineering is because on average there are some differences I, again i don't think i believe that at all but no should you be fired for that? This is the yeah, thing. like this is what we were talking about. Um, like, is it just because he works at Google? Like, what if he worked at a tiny company that no one had heard of and he wrote that? Would he still be fired? You know? Yeah. So is so it it's fair? A sort of, it's really hard to talk about this without sounding like you agree because I don't agree with what he says. Yeah. But I've seen sexist 
remarks from males in so many different jobs that I've been in that it's the kind of thing that if you said down the pub, you know, women like people, men like things, somebody would be like, the women would be thinking, you're a dick. The men would nervously laugh. And then like you just get go on with it, knowing that that person had these kind of like antiquated and sexist views, but you know, you know they're never going to get fired. Whereas it's such a high platform that he's been leaked to and like a worldwide headlines, man from Google thinks women are stupid, basically, is what the headlines were saying. Yeah. Uh, that it's very hard for a company who has, like you say, Miriam, left leanings not to be mm. like, hmm, well, he's expressed very right-wing views. And in mm. the, the political climate at the moment where the so-called alt-right mm. holds such... Um, yeah, I mean, they say they're right-wing, they're not particularly right-wing. Well, not really, they're no. They're a bit right-wing. <laughs> they seem particularly right-wing at Google. Yes, exactly, mm. exactly yeah, contextually, yes. Sure. Compare it with the things that the President of the United States <laughs> says, <laughs> then they are Can't fire the President, though, David. Have to oh, fire James Damore instead. yeah. Because yes. um, he said, he, might, sorry, go on, go on. Might even be propelled more to the fact that Google still has um, terrible stats, you know, representing women um, in their company. Yes. So obviously they're feeling very um, aware of this. Yeah, we saw, I, lot of I forget the exact that. figures, but it was something that 60 uh, something percent of Google got them. are male and 50 something percent of them um, are white. So, so 31% of Google employees oh, are women. I will be quiet. <laughs> um, who made up 25% of its leadership and 20% of technical positions. Did you just try and mansplain a load of stats to a woman who actually knew them? Oh, someone tried to come in the door, so I got <laughs> I got distracted and didn't hear you Even say after you I said the that, exact I stats. That's yeah. okay. Sorry. Butting in. But am, I fired, am I fired now? <laughs> exactly. Sorry. It's probably a man trying to come in through the door and replace Miriam. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that way. <laughs> Um, he, how, he, how do you think it made the women at the company feel? That's the thing. Hmm. Like, well, we don't really know. The only the only quote I've heard from a woman coming from Google is from their female head of diversity, mm. who obviously disagreed with his statements. And uh, Sundar Pichai's internal memo was very by the book, which you'd expect of a CEO um, like that, saying we do not accept basically mm-hmm. the <laughs> spin the media of pill which is we do not accept people internally sending around memos saying that women are inferior to men and these are the reasons why that that kind of perpetuating culture but mm. beyond that it's, it's it's i find it very hard to to separate the fact that um it just became a pr matter for them immediately yeah. it doesn't sound like this was ever dealt with internally before it yeah. became worldwide news so he did bring up in an interview that this was actually written as i said before a whole month ago and so they would have known if it was passed around internally surely mm. but they didn't take any action or fire him until it was leaked so, you know, so yeah, that's terrible. Actually, so actually, it? like if they really did have a problem, they should have sorted it out. Straight they didn't away. care about the women at the company. They cared <coughs> about the people PR. reading about it. Yeah. On um, Engadget, whatever it was. Or yeah. Gizmodo. Gizmodo oh, yeah. Just, I don't think that's right. at all. So, uh, yeah. So if you're saying yeah, it was months before, if, if really, it kind, voices, of, it kind of shows yeah. Google's hand that I mean sort of um, they don't have a didn't have a problem with it. And you didn't lose your job until it was public knowledge. Mm, that's what, that's mm. what he's saying anyway. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, exactly. It's hard to. He, he's already jumped onto these very high-profile interviews, mm. which obviously he would, having just lost his job. He said in an interview I've got written down here, um, he he went to like a training day where he disagreed with. They were told, maybe he was saying that he's being patronised. They were told what they could and couldn't say about various yeah. sort of gender-specific things. He, he said this is a quote. Um, it was totally secretive, and I heard things that I definitely disagreed with. There was just a lot of shaming and no, you can't say that, that's sexist, you can't do this. There's just so much hypocrisy. So he's sort of saying, you, you're told at Google what you can and cannot say, and you should say this and you shouldn't say that. Um, and then when he obviously expressed his own opinion, mm. he's been then publicly told that he is wrong. Mm. 
I think it's fine to be publicly told you're wrong. And I think, oh, yeah. I think he should have been. Mm. I think they should have circulated a memo. They should have dealt with it before it went public. They should have circulated another memo that said, we thank and appreciate this person that's, brought, that's shared their views on this. Mm. We, we categorically disagree for the following well-researched reasons, mm. but we continue to welcome dissenting views. And he's wrong about that as well because, look, we are welcoming dissenting views. Because that's one of the yeah. things he said was... You can't say it. And then they've just proved that you can't say it. Yeah. So in, on at least one count, mm. he is literally right, as has been proven within a month. Because obviously there's, there's some gaps in what we know um, mm. as to how it was dealt with. It obviously must have been dealt with in some respect, because if somebody's gone to that much trouble to write such a batty internal memo about their, their <laughs> first... Because we, we have to yeah. actually remember that it is really weird. Yeah. Imagine if one else did that. <laughs> Very yeah. weird. Has he got? Has he not got any, like... <laughs> isn't he doing his job? But anyway, um, so maybe they just fired him because he yeah. didn't do his job for a month because he was writing this stupid paper. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe that's the story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, surely they would have said at some point... I, I just feel like there's... They probably didn't even bother to address it. Is yeah, that what we're saying? Like, it's yeah. so They've gone like, you're, you're an idiot. Like, why yeah. did you bother circulating this? And then there would just be a lot of water cooler talk about what sexist he was. Mm. And then, yeah, somebody's obviously gone, oh, this would be quite juicy. Maybe we should get him fired by giving it to Gizmodo. Mm. You know, but, yeah, but that's the bit we, we're not sure of. No, yeah. Am I correct in saying we are unsure of that link yep. as to why it sort of lay dormant for a while until mm. they actually bothered to do anything about yep. it? No, not quite sure what happened. Hmm. But I'm sure that will actually roll out and I'm sure a lot more information will roll out. Because publicly a lot of big companies in, well. in the same kind of um, bracket like Facebook and Twitter, off, they get mm. these sort of, you know, Every quarter they get a bit bashed by a story that says, oh, you know, 70% of Twitter are mm. white men and whatever. Um, but is this, is this more resonant with the media because it's an actual example of somebody going out and saying that I disagree with this company and then what they are saying, a lot of liberal media disagree with as well. Mm. Yeah. Cool. I well, guess we so. nailed that then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the solution is, mm. but I don't think it's It's a bit is. more even because he's brought in all these political angles as well and cultural things. It's not just pure, like, you know, a rant against women because he's saying all sorts of things. So I think that's why it's a lot more multifaceted than other things that we've seen in the past. This whole scientific um, uh, veneer, I would call it, because it's, it's kind of quite thin... Um, that there is a long history of right wing and extreme right wing views trying to give themselves that level of respectability. You, you go back hundreds of years, and there's all this stuff about oh, we found out scientifically that white people are the most brilliant race for the mm. following reasons. And I think, to one extent, I don't think you should say because he has citations he can say what he likes. I don't. I don't buy that as as cover. Mm. Mm. But at the same time, you do have to look at what what exactly has he done? What exactly has he said? What harm has it done other than publicity, which I don't think is fair to put that on him? Mm. I don't know. I've got no answers. You've got answers, Miriam. <laughs> oh, no. I, no. <laughs> I've said what I need to say. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think if there are any other examples of something so publicly happening like this um, recently. And I couldn't really think of anything other than, you know, the kind of, this company's a bit too white, this company doesn't hire enough women. This is quite a specific example of a guy who's kind of been maybe, I don't know how to phrase it, fairly hung out to dry, because he has been a little bit. He has suffered for what he probably thought initially was um, a position he probably felt very strongly about. In fact, he's gone out and done this research and done this memo. But I just don't know what he... I don't know what he... He has no regrets. But I don't know what he thought he would achieve by doing it. Maybe he Mm. links it himself. Because he has now got himself a pretty little career as a right-wing 
tech pundit. If, if he wants it, I mean, well, he might want to become a software engineer again. But if he wants, <laughs> the fact that he knows presumably a reasonable amount about technology, any number of right-wing websites will happily sign him up to talk about what Apple have done wrong and what Google have done wrong mm. from a right-wing perspective. I don't, I don't think he's going to do too badly out of it. But I couldn't come up with a funny rhyme to say at the end of this. <laughs> Is that because sexism shouldn't be reduced to a joke? Mm. Yeah, and also I could only come up with one half of it as well. (laughs) The first bit was probably the the bit none of us would have agreed with, which is conservative and let live, which doesn't even really make any sense. But then I couldn't come up with the bad one, because obviously we'd all go for the bad one. Uh, Uh, James Damore. But I suppose that maybe that's just... (laughs) Well, I also wanted to use that's Damore, but I couldn't work out how to fit it in. That's that's Damore and that's Damoron. Yeah. Ah, okay. So that, but also, should he have been, should he have been fired? Basically, that's the big question. On, I, on the, all think, the evidence that you have in front of you, should he have uh, been fired? I think he should. I think that's the only possible thing that the Google could have done to to stop the PR train rumbling on. Personally, if they hadn't fired him, you get so many bloody horrible. But it's still, it's still going to. <laughs> but it's still going to rumble on. Like even yeah. if he's like fired or not, everyone's still going to want to know more about it and what happened. So I don't think that's really going to stop it. And I think they could have taken maybe a little bit more time before they just outright fired him and almost you know supported his what he was saying. So turned him into a martyr. I think there could be a have more at least more discussion with him or something about it. Mm. Um, what do you reckon, David? Uh I can only repeat. I don't have any solutions. I, I don't. I don't feel like it was the right thing to do to fire him. I don't know what was the right thing to do though. It, it had got beyond mm. their control by that point. They needed to do it earlier. And presumably, as he said, somebody in the company was frustrated at the lack of action, which is why they leaked it. Yeah. So if they had done something, well, I don't know what something should be. I suppose the fact that he's, he's so he's been so like um, willfully vocal about it, having been fired, that perhaps internally they were. Scared of firing him because they knew he'd just go to the press with it. Yeah, but he's got nothing to lose now, has he? Boy, <laughs> no, exactly. Of course he's vocal. Yeah. I'd be vocal if, yeah. <laughs> if I'd written a wingnut right-wing memo mm. and been fired. Of course you would. Yeah. Mm. yeah, he's kind of got to fight his corner now, hasn't he? Because he's got yeah. global media saying he's a sexist pig. <laughs> or saying he's a brilliant uh, martyr to the cause exactly. if you're an alt-right mm. Trumpite. Mm, gosh, well, yeah. we, we will watch his career with medium <laughs> interest. Make it, make <laughs> it clear no that interest. we all don't support him. No, we just don't. We, don't. we, we were yeah. mulling it over for you, dear listener. Um, yeah, cool. Well, no funny rhymes because it's not a funny subject. Um, <laughs> Except that that's Demoron. That's yeah, Demoron. I think that's great. <laughs> thank you, guys. Uh, be right back to talk about Apple things. We didn't have time to pod last week, but uh, we are back and we have a double Apple header uh, David Price, we're going to chat a little bit about the earnings call that uh, Tim Cook led and how iPads apparently are popular again uh, before we move on to the iPhone 8 runaway, runaway train. Stumbling over my words there because I'm so bloody excited. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, brief uh, note on the earnings call. What did we learn from Mr. Cook? Um, everything is rosy in the Apple orchard. <laughs> it always is. Ex- it's not... No, X-billions made. I mean, it's always X-billions made, but... Um, but you look at the trends, there's been a few recently where things have been down. Um, but that's not the case here. Um, across the board, essentially, numbers are up. iPhone sales are up. Yeah. Uh, Mac sales are up. The interesting one is, uh, as he said, is iPad. Did he say? I don't know. Yep. Yes. Is iPad. Um, it, and it looks better than it is because iPad volume sales are up. Um, and I haven't written down numbers for this, but I think they're <laughs> up about 16%, something like that, which yep. looks really good. Um, but then the 
revenue on that, <coughs> I think, is only up 1%. Okay. So what, clearly what, what's happened is that they brought out this uh, cheapo cheaper iPad. £330 uh, iPad 9.7-inch uh, back in March, yep. something like that. Um, and it's doing really well. Everyone's buying mm. it. And it turns out the reason why people have stopped buying iPads because they are so ruddy expensive. Yeah. So the iPad Pro starts now at uh, £619. I know that because I'm a nerd. Um, but then... Obviously, we nerdily love those machines. I've got one sitting in front of me, and you have one. But the general consumer doesn't want to spend that much money on something that's, that's yeah. going to Netflix with. So even that's though true. I definitely I, wouldn't. No, no, I know that. <laughs> hey, you've got an iPad Pro as well. You know, you've got an iPad Pro, Miriam. <laughs> uh, di- di- digital Arts work. iPad Pro. I, w- I wouldn't spend my cash on it. No, I fair. wouldn't either, to be honest. But then, obviously, we. Well, I think you gave the iPad a middling review because we make fussy things about how the screen isn't laminated compared to the iPad Air 2 and everything, but Apple's probably yeah. done, a, done themselves a solid here by releasing a basically a £300 iPad. It's a really smart smart decision, and it's, and it's been vindicated by, by these numbers. Mm. Um, but other than that, it's the, it's the usual stuff. Not not always, but it, it's um, services is a particularly good one for them. That's the one yeah. that includes um, Apple Pay and the App Store and stuff like Apple that. Apple Music. Yeah. yeah, and other products uh, is doing well as well because of the AirPods. And does Apple Watch still come under other products? Have it they, does. Have they finally segmented yeah, it? Yeah, no, it, it comes under other products. Which... You never know how much they've sold. <laughs> they just no. say, Apple Watch is the best-selling smartwatch in the world. And then they, they do. don't actually tell us is. how many. I know. <laughs> how do you know? Um, just because he said it was. No, there, I mean, there is there is stats about that up, but also they couldn't just lie. <laughs> also, <laughs> well, because basically all smartwatch makers are tanking right now, yeah. except for Apple, who are doing okay, mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be. It's still not a huge market, it's still pretty niche. I love the Apple Watch. I know you do. Henry loves the Apple Watch. Maybe less than me. I'm not wearing one right now. I'm wearing a Fitbit. You're not wearing it. Fitbit. Fitbit. Fitbit, have Fitbit a... tanking. Yeah, but they, I mean, they they're, could bring out a smartwatch, but I think that's going to tank. Of course it is. That's a um, conversation. But like Jawbone have gone or are going? Gone. Um, Pebble gone, Jawbone Pebble gone. gone. Exactly. Factor gone. Fitbit are doing not great. It really is, you know, what's happened is that the smartwatch market, the wearables market has struggled, but Apple has kind of transcended that and done. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Pretty well, mm. but it's still niche. And then so briefly before we hop on to iPhone 8, the little, nice little uh, bridge here, supposedly the Apple Watch Series 3, which it may be an upgrade to the Series 2 at the moment, but importantly, there's a report, pretty strong report, that it's going to be a, a fully LTE Apple yeah. Watch. So some, um, we've tested a few actually. You can't actually use some of the Android Wear uh, watches with LTE in this country just because basically the networks don't cope with it. So it's purely an American thing. Because you have, to put, a, you have network... to put a SIM card inside your phone. And ideally what you want is that you have a, a SIM card that has the same um, number attached to it in your watch that it does in your phone. Yeah. But you can't do that on UK networks. You can only only the US carriers have permission to split a number like that. Um, so um, at the I mean I've, I've I've tested one, but I've not actually been able to use it with my phone as well. Because obviously the idea is you can leave your phone somewhere else, and it doesn't have to be the watch doesn't have to be connected to your phone. You just get a phone call when you're out and about on a run, whatever, download music off the four G connection. But Apple supposedly have good. Well, we know they have good quality control and have supposedly held off on doing this because they want to do a slim, attractive device mm. that has decent battery life and it, you know isn't really really chunky because the LTE watches out there have terrible battery life and are really big and ugly. Yeah. So um, do you think that they've managed to do that? Is that something that you think Apple will do? Because the one thing it will do is um, make it something you don't have to own an iPhone for. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the the, fi- the final form that we're looking for is it's just a standalone device that you yeah. just go, you know, you, you do all your phone calls on your watch. That would be the dream. I don't know if it, we're ready for that yet. Um, and I don't even know if Apple particularly want to separate it from the iPhone mm. because the iPhone is their most successful product ever and they'd like to sell a few more because of it. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no harm in experimenting with it though because at the moment... Yeah. But then the other thing is like... Um, I've not used the Series 2 watch that you're wearing but um, I've used the first generation. So good. <laughs> so good, Henry. But what I was going to say is like that's way quicker than the one I've used which is the, just the, not even the Series 1, the first generation one. It's very slow. But a lot it of should com- be a lot better with WatchOS 3 and possibly... I, I use that. So I just don't really use many apps because it's quite slow. But... Um, most of the computing is still, you know, anchored back to the iPhone it's attached to, right? So yeah. how's it going to cope without that? Yeah, it, it would be a complete sea change. They'd have to uh, essentially totally rethink the way the watchOS works. Mm. Um, it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be quite like all things. It's going to be a question of priorities um, and the, what do you call it, the uh, the trade-offs. So as you yeah. said, it'll be a question of how, how much has battery tech moved on and so can they get a battery that's powerful enough to power the, uh, the SIM card or whatever, um, in a nice, slim um, form factor. And I, I don't know if we're ready for that just yet. Are you ready for this, Miriam? You te- have you ever been tempted by an Apple Watch, if, uh, regardless of price? Well, I just wonder, do you ever like send messages on there? Like, Does it have a little, little yeah. keypad? No, so, you do oh, you dictation. Oh, so you just look silly talking into your... And how do you take a call? Do you just hold it up to your... Well, at the moment, you just you talk can't. into it like you, um, just you were just it. talking to it like on Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon Star Trek has had a massive influence on on, on these products because they're <laughs> on, all, on all so, on all technology. Yeah, because it's well, like, VR, you know, no, well, every, everything. Yeah. Honestly, because because a lot of the people that design these things are fans of sci-fi, and mm. 
so many times you find You'd it have to be. going yeah, in that I reckon direction. Are these VR tablets and smartwatches? Is all mm. it's all sci-fi. Totally. Um, but oh shit, what was I going to say? Yes, yes. So yeah, you speak into them, and this is the same for Android Wear as well. You can okay. either speak into them, which is kind of odd. So or... I definitely can't replace a phone because you no, always totally. want to be speaking into it, though. No, but there's other ways as well. So you, there's also wireless connection to earphones. There's also a thing where the whole screen becomes a single letter, like a single yeah. character. So <laughs> I've you, shown you, you that before. Don't you remember? It's much better than it sounds. So you just sort of scribble a little B R B. Do people even say B R B? And, no, and the text I send the most. Yeah. And also, you have automated responses, um, which are uh, semi-dynamic. So, if somebody sends you a text and you get it on your watch and it says, uh, "Are you coming home?" Then yes, will be offered to you as a pre a pre-baked okay. response. So you just well, tap. I'm in the meeting. Well, yeah, there's stuff like that. And you can, so you, you can guys might actually them. seriously consider completely replacing a phone with smartphone. No, I would. Completely. Shall I tell you? Shall I tell you why? Yes. What I want to be able to do uh, is go for a run with my Apple Watch. And get cricket scores while I'm on the way. And, <laughs> okay. you, and you can't do that at the moment. Yeah. Because I get, uh, I've got the uh, the England cricket board uh, app on my iPhone, which mm-hmm. gives you wicket alerts when England are playing, which makes so it much more So you're going running without your phone. Yeah. So what? Yeah. I mean, what you could do at the moment is just take your phone with you, which is what I sometimes do. Yeah. But that's no one wants to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. What about social media though? How can you look at that on your little smartwatch? You totally can. But Why do you keep saying my little so smartwatch is quite small. small? It's very small. Very small screen. It's just no, but you just scroll just, up, so you no. get you get like a little Slack icon or whatever, a Twitter icon. You go, oh yeah, what's happened? And it oh, says no, but you're, still, ta- you're still talking about it you. as a kind of um, satellite notification device where you can view messages. What Miriam is saying is like you wouldn't just open Twitter and look at Twitter on your no. smartwatch. No, yeah, no, that's no, what no. I'm saying. That's why I couldn't ever. When he's saying completely replace your phone, he means for giving completely not owning a phone. No, of course not. I would still have five Apple devices. Naturally. Um, well, and coming on to that, will that fifth device be replaced uh, with the iPhone 8? Because obviously through the medium of sound, which we are operating in now, we cannot show you, Mr. and Mrs. Listener, uh, the iPhone 8 dummy. That we we were could sent. be completely lying about this, can we? we, could be, we there is a video on our YouTube channel. Check it out. <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but yeah, David, please tell us about the uh, iPhone 8 you are holding. Well, it's not an iPhone 8. It's a, yeah, so it's a dummy. Um we uh, we have contacts at a, a case maker called Olixar, um, and they um, they say that they have contacts in the supply chain and you know insiders that can tell them what the next iPhone is going to look like. Well, yeah, because case manufacturers have to be told in well, advance well, roughly yes, the dimensions, correct? Yeah, yeah yes and no. Uh, I I think that um, some of them are in the know and are told, and those companies would not reveal that I suspect because they might get taken off the list Olixar don't sell through the Apple store they're sort of yeah. semi unofficial I guess you could say um, so I think they've had to derive this from their own um, sources I, mm-hmm. I think Apple are quite happy to leave somebody out in the cold, in the cold and mm. have to make a case on the fly Yeah. and this this case could be wrong yeah. they, you know because they sent us some, some cases with this dummy they but, could totally be wrong but to contextualise it the thing that makes the case the casing kind of look semi-legitimate is not only the kind of leaks that we've been seeing from unofficial supply chain sources in the way that um, iPhone leaks have perpetuated media throughout the last few years as their supply chain gets bigger and yeah. more leaky, um, but also with the firmware leak that we've had from the HomePod, which... It's like the, the best leak. Apple has actually accidentally done it itself. <laughs> it was amazing. It, yeah, it they, can't be angry because it, it did no, it itself. Can't so get mad. The latest, well, what we heard right is that the HomePod, which is not yet out, it's out in December, supposedly they were giving HomePod devices to Apple employees internally to test out and to develop software for, and therefore sent them the firmware yeah. documents, which contained code 
that if you you know compute you can <laughs> render images of unreleased products including the so-called iPhone 8 with yeah. its bezel-less design. Yes, exactly. And the notch at the top. This sort of Yeah, so there's a little notch at the top where the camera would normally sit, but the screen kind of like sort of pools around it. Yeah. Uh, like it does on that. Do you remember? Have you seen the Essential phone? No. Don't worry. Don't worry. You don't, <laughs> so I know, you, do, I know you don't do Android. But um, if anyone has seen <laughs> the Essential phone, which is made by the creator of um, Android, Andy Rubin, uh, it has the same sort of thing. It's got a little sort of dip where the camera would be. And yeah. so your screen isn't fully rectangle, or in this case, fully sort of rounded. Uh, and also mm. we are seeing no physical home button on the front of the device. And That's right. on this particular Shocking. render, none on the back either. Yeah, because, we don't know what they're going to do with Touch ID. This, this is a big yeah, big deal to me. I'm, yeah, I'm David, David and I are big, big, uh, big fans of Touch ID. And Especially second-gen Touch ID. Oh, yeah. So, so fast and buttery smooth. <laughs> that the nerdiest thing I've ever said. That was a piece of sponsored content there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, then, and we, we kind of just thought, no, they're not going to do it. But increasingly... Yeah. We've seen pictures, I don't know if you have, Miriam, of uh, iPhone 8 casing, you know, taken in the back of a van somewhere in China, um, with like a little hole cut out where the Touch ID button would be on the back of the device. Mm-hmm. Which like, is, there is a precedent for that. You know, yeah, like on LG's last two phones, I've had circular ones on the back and it's fine. But for Apple, I just don't think aesthetically they would do that. It mm. just doesn't look right. It looks like a fake. Particularly mm. because it has the Apple logo and then the cutout below it. Yeah. When that's just ugly. And if mm. they're going to do it anyway, then... I don't know, they try and do it so that the Apple logo itself is a Touch ID thing. Because supposedly now found in this homeware homeware <laughs> home pod firmware coding yes. is mentioned of something called Face ID. Yes. Which is supposedly how iPhone eight buyers will be able to unlock and pay for things, including Apple I Pay. I can't believe right. that'll be Apple but Pay. But supposedly they've they've done Apple Pay, um, oh, App Store no. purchases. Sure um, not. What with their security face? authentication? So, <laughs> like pay. with uh, the with their face, Miriam. <laughs> yes, <laughs> face pay. Um, for like example, what you do when you hold your phone up to unlock it. Sometimes. Yeah. So the Galaxy S8 and the LG G6, after a software update, now has this thing called face recognition. The problem with face recognition is that it is fooled by 2D printouts of people's faces. So it's, <laughs> it's quick if you have nothing to hide. You know, hide it's such a brilliant hack. Yeah, but then you can just hold up a picture of your face to it, and, and it will be you tricked. look ridiculous when you do it. You to be, you do look a bit <laughs> stupid. The thing that Samsung has done to get around this is clunkily on their phone, I think, included face recognition, fingerprint sensor on the back in a weird place because they couldn't work out how to put the fingerprint sensor under the screen, which we'll come back to in a sec. Um, and then also iris scanning. So iris scanning is um, uses infrared and therefore can detect sort of three D shapes. And the iris scanning on the G um, on the Galaxy S8 is more secure than face recognition because you can't hold up a picture of your eye. <laughs> It doesn't work. It's two different things. I'll show you later. Anyway, so supposedly with Apple, they have, you know about this, right, David? They're yes. introducing infrared sensors into the front of the, di- the display so that you need a 3D pulsating brain head. To open. I think we're, I think we're um, conflating two things. So <laughs> on one level, it can, it can detect heat. Uh, on mm-hmm. another level, it can detect 3D um, objects. So basically, um, both, but both of those things secure. would pre- prevent it from just um, being fooled by a photo. And should hopefully work in the dark as well. Something face recognition <laughs> yeah. can't do. Oh my goodness! But I still, I cannot, I cannot believe it will be reliable enough mm. for Apple Pay because Touch ID is is so reliable. It's really, really mm. good. Technology. And a relatively simple thing for mm. consumer facing. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And I cannot believe that people. I cannot believe that banks will be willing to, mm. for example, so you know, there's that um, under thirty pounds. Um, they did yeah. the contactless thing yeah. with Apple Pay. They're not going to trust that to Face ID. They don't know that that's reliable. It, it could easily be spoofable in their eyes. Well, this, it will take this, a while this to get backs up the idea that um, we're going to see three iPhone models. 
Yeah. So wow. this sort of futuristic looking iPhone 8, mm. which I still, I, I kind of lean towards, I, I don't think they'll put the Touch ID on the back and I think it will do this thing. But they, they I think want to it do it have, through the screen. I think it will still be like kind of almost, they won't market it this way obviously because it's Apple, mm. but it's kind of been like, a, it's going to be like a beta phone where they'll be like, this is amazing. Look what we're building here. This is the future. And it will only have support for like app store purchases and you won't be able to use Apple Pay with the face stuff yet. And it'll just be this magical thousand pound iPhone that has all these things. But but then they'll do the 7S and the 7S Plus as well. Which are just going to be straight iterations of the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, which we've had the same model of. (laughs) Design wise, yes. Um, But then looking like glass backed models. So the upgrade here will be they'll be glass so they'll have wireless charging. Except the rumour on that is that all three devices will be capable of wireless charging, but only the 8 will come with the wireless charger. <laughs> so the other oh, ones man. are like, oh, I can't do wireless charging. So I buy a dongle. Good so old, exactly. Good old Apple. You know, if you buy a brand new £180 Nintendo 3DS XL, it doesn't come with a AC adapter. What? I was horrified by that. Anyway, but this is a similar thing, yeah, including yeah. not including things in the box. Wow. Um, so, with the iPhone 8. What else can you tell us, David? That uh, uh, we don't think it's going to have, we don't think it's enough touch ID through the screen. We didn't really cover that because yeah. that that you know aside from all this stuff about Face ID and touch ID on the back, the best solution is to have it through the screen. Uh, and the scanners to do that, scanners that can detect fingerprints through um, the required Display, yeah. witness uh, width of glass, have been put on the market, so they are available. Yeah, we saw some. At, um, I think it was MWC or CES. There is the yeah. technology that exists. It's just, but it's like bleeding saying. edge. Therefore, it's, comp- it's uh, expensive. Oh, yeah. And, you know. But it sounds like the iPhone 8 is going to be pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I can't remember who said it. I think it was a guy from Foxconn. He, he, said, uh, he said it's not going to be cheap. It's like, <laughs> why would you say wow. that? <laughs> that's not good. Breaking that's not good. Great, great quote. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I think, was it Lewis? It was, he, was, he was saying that um, he thought leaks like that, he always thought they would come from the company itself because you, 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 um, you deliberately leak the idea that it's going to be really expensive. And then when it comes out and it's only, right. it's very only expensive. 1199 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't know. But it does look like over 1,000. I mean, it's already, it already goes over 1,000 for the top model, doesn't it? I can't remember. I, mean, I know we look at this thing and a few of us have bought phones and iPhones outright but yeah. I mean a lot of people are still going to be looking for contracts for this sort of thing yeah. and a, a, a lot of fanat- fanatical Apple people will not mind paying you know 60, 70 quid a month just to have the latest greatest iPhone it's a lot yeah, but, but then no, again no touch ID. <laughs> do you think people care about touch ID Miriam? yeah I do think they will <laughs> and what do you think because uh, we all sit around this table owning different sizes of iPhone so David, you've got a plus model. I've got a regular oh, seven. Oh yeah, that's that's something we didn't we didn't mention. So I've got the six S plus, the eight with its bezel-less screen, its extended screen that goes past where the home button used to be, yeah, past where the cameras are. So it's a taller display. It's a five point eight inch screen. Yeah. So at the moment, the seven and the seven plus are four point eight and five point five. So it's bigger, significantly bigger than the plus, but in a body the size of just the seven. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this is so another is, thing that. It is awesome. So the tech, it, it is awesome, and like the, gen, the the general tech buying public, not to uh, patronise them too much, will might not be aware of products like the LG G6, which did this like it will be nearly a year ago by the time the iPhone actually comes out, probably. But have got like a, an eighteen by nine, two by one display, uh, taller instead, smaller in the hand. But as soon as you put it on an iPhone, that, that's the one that's really going to break the industry because I mean yeah. the, the Galaxy S8 Plus is you can still hold it in one hand. My hands are tiny, and I can still fit it in one hand, but it's got a six point two inch screen. I'm not holding it. They just, are tight. It's my small hand. Mm. Um, but yeah, for, for Apple to popularise it in this way, 
Will you be tempted, Miriam? Because you've got an iPhone SE. Because a... of the size, yeah. Because mm. I also have very small hands. So with that dummy in your hand, is so, that is that manage- a manageable size? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good like middle of the road, I think, like bigger mm. than the one that I have now, but not too yeah overwhelming. So yeah, definitely tempting. But then would you? Pounds, yeah, would you sacrifice though? Because if you had that phone, it wouldn't have a headphone jack. Because this is the thing to get more. The reason bezels. Exactly. People always say, "Oh, bezels are ugly and like they get in the way." But the reason bezels are there is because they house important internal components, yeah, <laughs> like headphone jacks, mm. which is why. I mean, but then again, Samsung and LG, those phones that we've discussed, they have nearly bezel-less screens and they still have headphone jacks. But Apple's putting in their clever tactic engine um, to replicate the non or the movement of a home button. Yeah, the, yeah, so so the more you hear about this, it really seems like the seven was a was a beta phone exploring these mm, concepts because they've put that big engine in it. But really, yeah. like they could have fit because that home button on the seven, which so it doesn't actually press down for the readers mm. at home that don't know, it doesn't actually press down. It, it simulates the effect of a click by yeah. doing a little buzz, and it's amazing. Um, and that. was it's very very clever. But the fact that it did that was kind of unnecessary and pointless. Um, but it does lead the way to then not having a home button at all. This is a massive tangent, but I read something quite interesting. I think via John Gruber, um, which Daring wa- Daring Fireball, which was the reason one of the one of the reasons why Apple changed to a non-moving home button uh, was because of the Chinese market. And I, <laughs> this is crazy, but you know how if your home button breaks. And people's home buttons do break. They there's, totally there's, there's, did. There's an there's the four, a, on the four, exactly. Yeah, there's an accessibility thing within the iPhone where you can use. I've forgotten what it's called, but it brings up that little dot on the screen. The movable the screen. Oh screen yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. can bring the on-screen home button. Yeah. And it's apparently because in the Chinese market there's a huge worry that when you buy an iPhone, which is an expensive piece of consumer technology, that your resale value will immediately drop as soon as your home button breaks. And because um, when they were being introduced to China, a lot of them were breaking. People, even in the store, when you were buying your iPhone, the sales assistant would say to you, your home button's going to break. Turn on this accessibility option uh, and use your iPhone this way. So apparently, I'm told, if you go to China and see people using iPhones, even if they're brand new iPhones, they're all using that accessibility option. Wow. Uh, because they're so scared that the, the iPhone's going to break. So and they to, all are thinking about reselling it already yeah, as soon as Yeah, thinking about moving it. it on. And they, also, they just don't want this expensive piece of technology to break. And just culturally, it's something that's perpetuated iPhones. Because uh, yeah, Apple's only been in China for like three or four years retail, maybe. Yeah. I might be wrong on that, probably. Don't let me up. But that was cited from another source that he had as a reason, one of the reasons why Apple, who is struggling in China at the moment, um, wanting to, to say, hey, this home button will never break because it's just a little thing that makes it seem like it's clicking because it's not going to break. That's Nerdy, really but I found it really interesting. It's, it's such a shame, <laughs> actually, that they're still doing that when the home button on the iPhone 6S, for example, is extremely reliable. Yeah. Um, yours hasn't broken, has it, Miriam? No. SE? No. Yeah. yeah, but that's only this year. That's only been a couple of years, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, if that, year and a half? Oh, no, much longer than... Year and a half, year and a half. Has that only been that long? Yeah, oh, so. okay. March, March last year. <laughs> well, it's still on sale now, no? Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Tackled all the issues there. Oh, we never talked about a shortage of um, supply. There's Please probably going to be a shortage of supply. So, yeah, the, <laughs> other, the, other, the, other, the other thing, yeah, will we actually see an iPhone event and an iPhone launch in September, David? Yeah, we will. Um, it's now, <laughs> there, right. there was this vague feeling that in the middle of September, probably around the 18th, 19th. Oh, it's my birthday. Um, they will announce the three iPhones, and, but then the iPhone 8 won't be available initially. I mean, there's always sort of like a yeah. week before, they, before they're actually available on the streets. Um, but there will be more of a wait for the iPhone 8. But they somehow, they've 
jiggled their supply chain and it will now probably be available at the same time as the 7S and 7S Plus. But there will be very constricted supply on the 8 mm-hmm. because of um, high failure rates with the OLED screens. Oh, right. Um, so I mean, this is OLED, so it might even be right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but if you do get a chance to buy an iPhone 8, you grab it. You grab it. Go buddy. for it. That's yeah, the advice. No tomorrow. <laughs> so, in, in light of in light of Apple uh, taking up this uh, screen technology that has already been done by Android, David, I, <laughs> iPhone eight or two thousand and late. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> didn't think you would. Uh, I suppose it has to be two thousand and late then. Oh wow, Miriam. Yep, I'm the same. Is that because you love Fergie? <laughs> oh no, did you make me do a reference to something? It's a to reference. Oh. To the Black Eyed Peas? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I'm so 2008, you so 2008. Oh, you Bogey. made me do that again. <laughs> well, sorry, David, you've agreed David. now. Um, I, I like the iPhone 8. I don't mind that they're coming second. I think they're still going to smash it. Um, but a lot of people probably will smash it as well because it's very breakable design. <laughs> And on that horrible note, listener, we've taken up too much of your time. Thank you for joining us, Miriam Harris, David Price. Uh, We'll be back next week, uh, hopefully with a woman again. Uh, Say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.